message in Dominion Sonship with Desi Schneider and the family. We're living in the most exciting times and truly even as we say that we're recognizing it's faith speaking through us and this is the most exciting times that we as the body of Christ find ourselves in there. Things are being shaken in the hidden and many that we actually are witnessing with our natural eyes. But what's happening in the secret place of the Most High God is uh, incomprehensible to the human mind outside of Revelation. And so last Sunday, for last Sunday, the Lord gave me a title, Saturday evening, and it was Love Has Guts. Love Has Guts. Love Has, can we say, a fight on. Is that what you call it? I got the fight on. Love has the fight on. And the way the Lord had qualified that message to me is that guts, guts, love has guts. That when he spoke that to me, what he meant by it is that the guts of love is faith, is our believing. It's our believing that we now as born again children of God have a gift from God. And that's the very faith of God that lives inside of us. The faith of the Son of God to the very faith that Jesus had on earth when he walked and heard the Father speak, and saw the Father do, and that he mimicked his Father, and did what the Father did, and said what the Father said, that that expression of divine persuasion of the Word of God is true, because he himself, Jesus, is the living Word, because the Word became flesh, and lived among us, that that faith expression that comes really from the source of the Word of God. You see, it's not just to trust the word in a sense of what's written. You gotta trust the source. You gotta trust the inspiration behind the writing. And when you know the source is trustworthy, you can drink the water. When you know the source is trustworthy, you can drink the water. And there's no purer voice than the voice of God. And so that voice, the speaking of the word with a divine voice, through a divine voice is really what quickens our faith. It's actually the building blocks of faith. It is the growing stimulus. That's the stimulus package. <laughs> the faith of the Son of God that he had on earth, trusting his Father. Trusting his Father is that very, very persuasion that lives now inside of us. And so what we do now is we develop it. How do we develop it? What we just said, by hearing the voice of God but recognizing the trustworthiness of our Heavenly Father, that that which He has said to me, He will do. That that which He has impressed in my heart, that He has prepared for me, it's exactly how it's going to be. And so faith is based on trusting your Father, your Heavenly Father, on trusting that He is not a man that He should lie. He is not a man of shifting shadows. He is not up one day, down another day. He is not weather dependent. He's not mood dependent. He's not circumstance dependent. He is what? Dependent on the eternal truth of the word of God, which does not change. Does not change. And so when God said to me, love has guts, what he qualifies, the, the, the guts of love is really our faith. And that now we're growing this persuasion that we know is faith, and that's where the fight's on. That's where we conquer all things. Because John, in the book of 1 John, writes that what has overcome the world, even our faith, even that which we believe, even that which we believe. And so what you believe makes a difference. It will determine the outcome of the moment. 
I'd written a blog actually many months back. Call out the outcome or determine the outcome of your moment. It can go on my website, dominionsunship.com, and it's there. But it was about calling out your outcome. And that we now, as children of God, with faith residing in our hearts, we have an ability to call those things that be not as though they were, to call out a moment. So what you believe is constantly defining what you will walk in and what you walk out on earth. And so love has guts, is, is that perseverance. And God said to me that the guts of love is not for us to win the fight. But it's not to quit in the fight because the fight's won. So the, 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 the guts of love is not so much for me to win the fight, but to actually not quit in the fight because the fight is won. And so it's a real mindset of no quit. It's a real mindset of no quit. And so today, actually, I can say it is Love Has Guts Part 2, but I, I give it a new, more independent title, and it is Love Never Gives Up. Love Never Gives Up. Love Never Gives Up. Love Never Fails. And so we started last week, and I'll go back to the same from New Living, the New Living uh, Translation, 1 Corinthians 13, and it was verse 7. Love never gives up. Well, you know, you, you know, you identify with love, right? Because now we know that we are the beloved of God. Now we know that we're ever before him in love. And so when I read about the love of God and we know God is love, then I have a pure and perfect identification with love that now because he lives in me that I have an ability to express only divine love. And so love never gives up. I can say there, Jesse never gives up. At least that's part of my inheritance in Christ. Now it's up to me whether I yield to never give up or I yield to my old man that always wants to give up. In the flesh, there's only weakness. In the flesh is only caving in. In the flesh is quit big time. But in faith, in our new creation, and we know faith works through love. And so when I have a revelation that he loves me, and he did not withhold his own son for me, and that he has given everything freely to me to enjoy, now I have a confidence to go to Romans 8.31, if God before me, who can be against me? If love before me, I mean, the most excellent way is love. Faith, hope, and love, these remain, but the more excellent way is love. If love, the most excellent, really, we know God is love. If God before me, if love before me, and we also went over the weeks and looked at God is not only love, God is light. And so if light before us, who can be against us? What darkness can be against you if love and light is in you and for you and is now working through you. So when you engage the workings of love, when you engage the understanding of I am love and he has already made a way for me to walk out his love here. He's already made the way for me to walk out a light on earth because, because Jesus says in, 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 in Matthew that we are now the light of the world. And so when I engage with the truth of what he has said about me, I can't quit. I can't quit. 
verse 8, the tail end of it is love never fails. So when I engage with love and love never fails, what am I engaging with? No failure. I'm engaging with pure, overwhelming victory. I'm engaging with pure triumph. And we know that he went down to the pit of hell and made a, a, a mockery. Actually, let's go there. Let's go to Colossians 2. I was going to cover some of my verses from last week, but maybe I wouldn't. <laughs> maybe, maybe it will be, it will be a brand new right that I'm following of the Holy Ghost. So I'm going to Colossians 2. <laughs> Let's start from verse 6, Colossians 2, 6, and we're actually going to go to, to verse 14. So, uh, but we wouldn't have to read all the way. I'll just kind of skim through them. But verse 6, so this is, this is not philosophy, but Christ. And so we, we do not follow uh, cunningly made fables. We know that we don't follow just pure human philosophy, but we are actually following life. That Jesus came in, in, in the power of an endless life. That Jesus came in the power of an endless life. And so when we're following life, we are walking out life. And so we know that life is God. And there is nothing made up or humanly attained to that. So let's go verse 6. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. You see, we receive Jesus the Lord. We receive the Christ and we receive the divine word that we were, we were born of that divine word. We were born of the incorruptible seed of the word of God. And we know that he is the word of God. And so as we have received the word of God, we walk in it now. As we have received the Lord Jesus Christ, we're engaging our spirit man, right? As we are, as we, we have received the Lord Jesus Christ, we are walking out divinity because he's God. I, he said, therefore you have received Christ Jesus, the Lord. You've received God. You've received Christ Jesus, the Lord. You've received Christ Jesus, the Lord. You've not received a mere human being. You've not received another philosopher. You've not received another uh, prophet. You've not received another. You've received the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. And as you have received this treasure divine, as you have received this divine life, walk in this divine life. And that's really where the no fail is. So we can say, as you have received the love of God. Because God loved the world and sent the Lord Jesus Christ. So as I have received Jesus Christ, who is the image of the Father, who is a love made manifest to me, I am now walking out what I have received. How can you walk out something you don't have? But we have it. The fight's on. We got it. And so that's why love never gives up. Love never gives up. Because who lives in me now? The Lord Jesus Christ. And so as we have received, now we are to walk in him. Rooted, 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 rooted. We are planted deep and the roots go deep. What does it mean? I'm solid. Rooted and grounded. I love that. Built, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. Fully persuaded in the faith. Firmly knowing whom you have received. 
It's firmly knowing who you're walking out now. It is firmly knowing I'm of God now. It is firmly knowing nothing on the outside will communicate to me a reality, but the reality of him already lives in me. What did I just say? The reality of him already lives in me. So why should I look for another reality? As I receive this divine reality, I'm walking out this divine reality. I don't need another reality to affirm of this that I already have. This word is my reality. And it is by this word I'm born again. It is by this word that I'm hereby growing. It is by this word I'm maturing. It is by this word that I'm being transformed as I'm beholding the Lord Jesus Christ in the word. I'm being transformed from glory to glory. And though my outer man is perishing, I'm to not lose heart, the word says. I'm to not give up. Because why? My inward man is becoming strong. What is my inward man? Becoming established in the faith. I'm becoming established in the faith. What does that look like? Immovable. What does that look like? I move things. It don't move me. What a strong persuasion in this hour is required. And yet we know this is the grandest offer the body of Christ. How would you know? When you're firmly established in the faith. As you have been taught, abound in it with thanksgiving. Abound in it with thanksgiving. Beware. I see, but now here we have, be careful, lest anyone, see anyone, which means the enemy, that which is against the truth, that which is against what we just read for us to be rooted and grounded in him, that now, now someone can be used to cheat us out of that which we know. Beware lest anyone cheat you through what? Philosophy. Mind candy. Sounds good. Let me taste it one more time. Let me mull over it. Hmm. Wow, that sounds good. Mind candy. Last for a moment, you need another candy thereafter. Last for a moment, you need another candy thereafter. That's cheating. Cheating you out of a strong persuasion. Cheating you, cheating you out of a pure victory. Cheating you out of the dominion of the love of God that lives in. Cheating you from pure peace of mind. Cheating you. No one likes to be cheated. And yet so easily at times, we put our eye gates, we, we lend our ear to another. Philosophy, empty deceit, no substance to it. Empty deceit, just sounds good. Kind of like a popcorn, is it? Yeah, big, but ear in it, right? Popcorn, yeah. I just saw that. Empty deceit. You can eat a bunch when you're still hungry. It's not a meal. My son goes in the woods, talks about mushrooms having no dietary value. <laughs> Just kind of make you feel full for a little bit. No dietary. You, you, you starve to death. Don't eat mushrooms. Make sure you pack a snack. Um, but that, that empty deceit. According to the tradition of man. According to the basic principles of the world. And not 
according to Christ. Worldliness. For in him, in Christ, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead. Why would you want to go elsewhere when in him is all divine wisdom? All the mystery of the ages are in him. The mastermind of the universe. They've calibrated all the galaxies to make them work for you. The heavenly father. It's a real cheating and a real deception to walk away from that mastermind and that wealth of a resource of pure truth and triumph because truth always trumps the lie. To walk away from triumph and revelation knowledge to something cheap such as philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of man. What someone else thought what someone else thought came up with. Man, when God in him, in Christ, was the fullness of the Godhead bodily, bodily. Oh my, I wrote a little note here that Jesus is the body of God. That Jesus is God in a body. That Jesus, it's like God in a body walked and touched and spoke and died for you and me and down to the throne and we're coming into to that great victory that he 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 performed and executed down in 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 the adversary's camp God in a body and now we are the very body of Christ now I am a part of the body of the Lord Jesus Christ on earth. And so when we are fitly joined together, we are the body of God on earth. The body of Christ, the ecclesia, the church of the firstborn. Oh, what power and dominion is in the body of Christ. That what the fullness of the God have dwelled in bodily. The fullness of the God had dwelt in bodily. Now we are part of the body of Christ. And you're complete in him, verse 10, who is the head of all principality and power right there, period, end the conversation. Ephesians 1.22 says the same. I'm complete in him. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to the head over all things to the church, he meaning the father, and gave him to the head over all things to the church, which is his body. We, the church now, are his body. The fullness of him who fills all in all. Nothing more glorious than to be part of the resurrected body of Christ, the church of the living God, and God is, is renewing our minds to what the church is. This glorious resurrected entity of the body of Christ on earth. That, that what? That in verse 23, Ephesians 1, which is his body, the fullness 
without an answer. Where you're never without a know-how. And more and more we're tapping into this divine wisdom that resides inside of us now. And so we continue from here. Um, so let's go to 12. About Christ buried, that we're buried with him in baptism, in which also you are raised. Oh, sorry, I'm in Colossians now. I'm in Colossians 2. I'm in Colossians 2, 12. Buried with him in baptism, in which you were raised with him through faith in the working of God. The title today is what love never gives up. Love never gives up. And so this is, this is as, as I'm speaking, keep that in mind. Our identification is with the master of the universe. Our identification is with the one that fills all things. That is the head of all principality. And now in that headship I'm made complete. And I'm in him. So if you go to 12 again, Colossians 2, 12. We're buried with him in baptism, which means my old man is dead. I'm buried with him in baptism. I'm buried in, 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 in his baptism and death in which you also were raised with him through faith. So when he went down to the pit of hell, when he died, me figuratively in his body, I died the death because really he took on the whole penalty of sin. So that which, which, which crushed that sin and I, I was part of that sin. I had that sin nature. It crushed me too. And when he went down to the pit of hell and when he was raised up together into brand new life, in that raising, I'm raised up with him. I'm raised up with him into newness of life. And through his resurrection, I have new life. So that's what Paul is writing. If we read again 12, that we are now, okay, let's go 11 for context. In him, in him, we're in him. You were, that's you and I, we were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, meaning it was a work from God. It was a divine working. It was part of the divine mind. By putting off, the body of the sins of the flesh, meaning he, he destroyed that sin nature altogether by the circumcision of Christ and now buried with him in baptism in which you also were raised with him through faith. And here it is, through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. So I now have this same faith that Christ walked this entire moment. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the, the cross, the, um, the shame of the cross. What kept him going? Faith. Faith kept him walking to Jerusalem. Faith kept him walking to the Garden of Gethsemane. Faith kept him walking from the Garden of Gethsemane, apprehended. Faith kept him standing before Pontius Pilate, Pilate. Before the Sanhedrin, faith kept him standing. Faith, he didn't give up because love never gives up because he knew the love of the Father and he knew the Father will never forsake him. He knew the plan of God was being perfected right now. And actually, Paul writes very similar. Okay, let me finish here first, but I'll go to Paul after. So now we've been raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. Now that faith lives inside of me. So I too keep walking in here. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses 
having forgiven you once, some, not all of them. He paid for all trespasses. Even when we were dead in sin, he died for us. He died for us while as yet a sinner. He died for me. And here, and you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh and just being fleshy and just having flesh rule over you and just having a full out flesh expression. No restraint, no circumcision, flesh. He, at that moment, has made the life together. We made the life together with him. Having forgiven you all trespasses, never be too tough on yourself. Never be hard on yourself. When it comes to receiving forgiveness from the Lord, never struggle with it. Hey, while you were a sinner, he died for you. While you were a sinner, he died for you. And forgave all trespasses. Verse 14, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, everything that was stout against us, he wiped it away. Everything that was contrary to us, he wiped it away. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. And this, I did a a podcast, and I spoke about it a little bit more in depth, but having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. And, and what I, I've seen is that love never gives up, that he not only became sin for us, he not only uh, forgave all of our trespasses, he not only removed all the handwriting of requirements from here forth forever, everything that was contrary against us, he not only obliterated that, but he just kept going and fulfilling the plan of God. He didn't stop halfway at the cross and say, okay, you know what? You're forgiven that. Bye. Talk to you later. Deal with it. No, he made sure it never comes and lords itself over us. He made sure not only we're forgiven, but never again would that foul sin nature be unrestrained on us. We were circumcised in his circumcision. That thing's been cut away from us. And because he became sin, that we might be the righteousness of God in Christ, having worked out the handwriting of requirements. And then he has then, what did he do after that? Nailed it to the cross because it was all nailed on him. He was the one nailed on the cross, right? But here, he moved on from there. He moved on from there. Right when the devil thought, I got you. I got you, buddy. No, you don't got me, buddy. Because resurrection always brings us up and out. I'm going to give you a phrase uh, a couple of years ago that love always resurrects the object of affection. And we know Jesus was the object of affection of the Father. And we know we are now the object of affection of the Lord. And so there is always resurrection working inside of us. And so he went down, Jesus did, down to, to the pit of hell, right in the devil's headquarters. And he disarmed principalities and powers. And not only did he disarm, he made a public spectacle. So not only did he de-weapon them or unweapon them or just remove all arsenal that the 
enemy could use against us, everything that was contrary to us that was there in the bosom of Satan, can I say? He stripped them off of him. The enemy got stripped, and not only did he get stripped, he got mocked. He made a public spectacle of them. Not only that, he triumphed over them. And resurrection came. And as he came up out of the grave, we, all of us, came up out of the grave. The captain of our salvation made the way and we're following that way. Pure victory is ours in Christ. No longer, I, I've written, um, I've written another blog just recently about God destroying, Jesus destroying that power of insinuation that the devil had over us. The power to insinuate, I am not forgiven, that's broken forever. He could lie to you, but when you know it's a lie, you don't have to buy it. The power to insinuate and to talk to me, he's got no right to that. It's broken. And so knowing the word of God, knowing being rooted and grounded, knowing being established in the faith, and, and, and being aware lest anyone cheat us from this strong persuasion, from this great confidence. I talk to myself as I speak. And the inspiration, you see it so clearly, and then Monday comes, and Tuesday, and Wednesday, and Thursday, and Friday, you push it, and you have to know that which you believe. You have to know. You have to know what he has done. You have to know that he deserved powers and principalities. He made a public spectacle, and you've got to know he's got a plan, resurrection plan. We're coming up all the time. Out of every moment of ensnarement, out of every moment of ensnarement. And so, so, and so, and so, I don't even have notes here, so which is pretty normal for me. Uh, let's go to um, 1 Timothy 4. Actually, no, let's go to Hebrews, Hebrews uh, 2. What a powerful, great salvation we have what he has purchased for us, what he has walked out for us, what he became for us, what he became for us. He became the very nature of sin. He became the very accursed thing that God hates. Jesus became. So we no longer are that. So that we have an ability not to be that anymore. That, that, that he took on the full right to now in um, Paul writes to Thessalonians that we're not appointed to write now. We're not appointed to write. But we're children of the day. We're children of the light. We're not appointed to write. And this is the salvation that we have. Chapter 2, 1. Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to these things that we have heard, lest we drift away. Lest we drift away. See, this persuasion, it's like a fire. You gotta keep stoking it. You gotta keep, you, you gotta keep feeding your spirit, man. You gotta keep putting the word of God. You gotta keep associating with light. People of the same precious faith. You have to associate, you gotta be part of this great body of Christ. You, you have to be a partaker of this divine word and spend time with your heavenly father because there's a strengthening of you in a man. Let's 
we depart. And so that word, lest we drift away, it's the Strong's 3901, and I looked up the word study for it. The word study for that is, so I'll read the verse again. Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard. Like we just heard some things even this morning, even this morning. Lest we drift away, lest we drift away from this confidence that we have here. If we put our eyes to chapter 3, verse verse 6, at the end of it, at the end of verse 6, if we hold fast, if we don't give up, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end, we got to keep it firm to the end, to be firmly established that which we believe. Lest we drift away, that word drift away, going back to chapter 2, 1, it's to flow by. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, there you go. To flow by. To lapse in spiritual defeat. What? When Jesus lives inside of us, how can we lapse in spiritual defeat? You should forget who you are. James writes about that, looking at the mirror of the word of God. And then not looking at it and forgetting what you just saw. That's the ultimate deception. That's called self-deception. That you read the word out of a religious mindset often. Put it away, you forget what you just read. You didn't partake of the divine nature of the word. You didn't partake of the spirit of the word. It didn't eat the body of Jesus. It didn't drink the blood of Christ. For this is his body broken for us. It's this revelation of the Christ life that's found in the word of God. To drift away, to lapse in spiritual defeat. Look at this. Slowly, it is slowly move away from our mooring in Christ. Slowly, it's little by little because the kingdom of God is from glory to glory. Here line, there line, from precept upon precept. And Satan is a mimicker of everything that is good. And so what he would do is little by little, precept upon precept, here little, there little, he'll slowly move you away from this confidence you have in Christ. And so... We are wiser than that. We have the Holy Ghost wisdom within us. Yes, slowly move away from the mooring of Christ and uh, pushed along by current. Which current? Empty deceit? Philosophies of man? Pushed away. In, in Colossians, if we just go back to Colossians 2, 19, I believe. Actually, let's do 18. Right before the tail end of 17 is the substances of Christ. Everything, the, our reality is of Christ. And so from here, substance of Christ. Let This is Colossians 2.18. Let no one cheat you of your reward. Taking delight in false humility and worship of angels. Intruding into those things which he has not seen. Vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. There's a lot to that. I don't want to break it down, but puffed up by his fleshly mind. 19. And not holding fast to the head. Christ is the head. 
from whom all the body, nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments, grows with the increase that is from God. If you let go of the word of God, how would you let go of the word of God? This is holding fast to the head. It's holding fast to the word. How? By what? False humility, worship of angels, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. Deep thinker. I'm a deep thinker. I'm very analytical. I'm a deep thinker. I can really connect the dots on this one. I'm a deep thinker. Let me tell you spirituality. Totally away from the word of God. Don't talk about spirituality. All substance, all reality for me is found in Christ. That's true humility. And that's true sound mind. It's not a puffed mind. That's sobriety of mind. I still have my finger in Hebrews. I'm not done with Hebrews. But before I go back to Hebrews, I want to look at Ephesians. Ephesians 4 states exactly what I just read in Colossians. Yeah, let's do 14. Ephesians 4, 14. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro. What did we read in in um, Hebrews, lest we drift away, tossed to and fro. How does a boat dislodge from its mooring? The waves come and start moving back and forth, and, and the pull of it just starts pushing and pulling on you. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. Ah, oh, I hate that. <laughs> that's, that's such an easy deception. And yet, it's so What do I mean by easy? That is such a common deception. And yet, it's so easily perceivable when you follow the word of God. Tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of man. Means people actually decide to trick you. Trickery of man. To create a false doctrine. And to move the breeze of it by you. Let me just tell you, just a little bit enlightenment. Let's just go a little bit deeper. Trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Now that's pure evil. Cunning, what is it? Craftiness of deceitful plotting. And thus he's saying, don't be children towards it. Don't be tossed around with that. You, 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 you're a whole grown person now. You're whole grown now. You're whole grown now. You're whole grown now. Because you're whole grown now, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him. See, speaking the truth in love, it's again based on, on the relation of the love of God. Recognizing this truth is not legalistic to me. This is liberty to me. This is pure love to me. And when I speak from this place of the persuasion of the love of God, that this word ministers life and light and strength from this moment, I'm being built up. I'm being built up. I'm growing up in all things into him who is the head. Christ in Colossians says, don't let go of the head. From whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. You see, we have a supply one for another, which every joint supplies. How beautiful it is when brethren, what is it? Live together.
supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share. It causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. So when we come alongside in the body of Christ as we fitly join together and minister from the supply that is of God, that word, that word working there, effective working, that is energia, the working, it's actually a work of the Spirit. And so when you and I are in fellowship, actually the Holy Spirit now is imparting. It's imparting life. We're actually imparting life one unto another. And we're being built up. We're being edified in love. So if we go back to Hebrews uh, 2, so we read about taking heed, earnest heed to the things that I've heard, lest we drift away. For if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast, it proved firm. If, if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? And really, it's not like you be careful, you're going to burn it. How if you do? I think the emphasis here is it's a great salvation. It's such a great salvation. Take heed of it. Don't let anyone cheat you from the reward you have. It's more like the grown up. Don't be as a child tossed about. It's too costly. It's too costly nowadays. It's too costly. We don't want to ignore so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him. And then God also bearing witness both with signs and wonders, with various miracles, and we know Jesus walked and performed many miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. And so then, so then if we skip over to, let's say, end of verse 8 in the same chapter, he left nothing that is not put under his feet. God did not leave anything that is not under the feet of Jesus. And we're now the body of Christ, fitly joined together. That's dominion. Everything is under his feet. And that's why love never gives up. Because it's a finished work. We don't have to fight to win. He, everything already has been put under his feet. We just, just keep walking. Don't give up. It's done already. Christ already died for us. He already went down to the pit of hell. He already defeated everything. He already took dominion over all that, all that foul stuff and all the evil conniving plans and plottings. And he made a spectacle. He triumphed over them. And he resurrected. And he ascended. And he's now sitting in the right hand of the Father. It's where we are. And so if we don't quit, we're going to walk in all of it. We're going to walk in all of it. And I'll finish with chapter 3, what I had just read earlier until end of 6. If we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope for to the end, because love has got and love does not ever fail and love never gives up. And so we continue and we overtake and we triumph over all things. Amen. Thank you.